Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This bed is on fire with passionate love. The neighbors complain about the noises above. Because she only comes when she's on top. Is that the line? Yes. That's the, <laughs> that's the lyrics? Oh, man. Um, that is, of course, for those who don't know that song uh, we were just singing, uh, this must be very alienating for you mm. to join this podcast. They'd be like, um, oh, what's this po- New Zealand podcast? I love New Ze- I love the New Zealand accent. It's so interesting. Oh, and it's about movies. I love music. I love music. I love, I love <laughs> it's movies. It's about music. M- movies. Movie. I love music. <laughs> and then they go and click on it, and, and within a minute, 15 seconds, we're already talking about... Um, well, Delayed by I mean, games. I mean, if you're gonna, if if you're clicking on the American Pie episode, like it's gonna get probably a bit worse. It's, than it's that. gonna get a bit naughty. <laughs> um, this is unrated. Should I put that on the thumbnail? Unrated edition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah American Pie presents yeah. film franchise Fortnite. Mm. Um, yeah, that is of course the song "Laid," mm-hmm. uh, known for its risque opening lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's by a guy called James. It's been covered by. I think I call Matt Nathanson. Well, the, the, it's just by James. Yeah, laid by James. Uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> the thing is, Twitter handle is just James, and they're like, how did you get that? Yeah. Must have been first, first in. Or it's like, Must have been the first James. It's like James 71B. Or it's uh, it's his Twitter handle is the first James, because mm. he wanted everyone to know that he was the first James. Mm. And But then he's like, oh, I could have just got James, and then people would have mm. been able to... Um, uh, yeah. extrapolate that yeah, from- yeah 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 totally man <laughs> so what a, this is this is a podcast um for those who haven't tuned in before um where every two weeks on this podcast we discuss a different film franchise um and those franchises have have varied in in genre and um length, uh, length. uh we've done things such as the um well, I don't know the the four the five film Shrek franchise. Yep, or the also- two film Sister of the Traveling Pants. And if you're joining us because uh, you heard me on a little podcast called I'll Be Back Catalog, mm. uh, check it out if you haven't. It's I did a guest spot on there. Uh, these two uh, local comedians are going back and watching every Arnold Schwarzenegger film in chronological audio order. Chronological uh, audio. <laughs> uh, they then, watch it in, in, in the order of when each line was recorded. <laughs> and then they, um, yeah, and, then, and, they, and they discuss it and they had me guest starring, not AJ. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I didn't even know you were doing it till you told me it was coming out. Uh, but at the end of that, I'm sort of explaining our podcast and I said that Kyle McDonald is in Sister of the Chirling Pants too. He's not. Uh, a guy called Kyle McLaughlin is, which is what I meant. Of, of Twin Peaks fame. Yeah, not Kyle McDonald mm. of One Red Paperclip fame. That, that's what people will tune into um, the show for, is how, like, even when they get information wrong, they always, always, like, retcon it and explain, you know, they do follow-up. 
they, yeah. they check their, they Film do their research. follow-ups. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as I just said, this is a podcast where we watch and review different film franchises, usually chosen at random. Mm-hmm. Including this one. Including this one, especially this one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we watched the eight film American Pie franchise. And at eight films, this is our sixth longest franchise. Really? It doesn't feel like it, eh? No. It, it, uh, did you, it went by pretty quick. This, this doesn't feel like the sixth longest mm. we've had. Well, eight, eight is, is child's play to me now. Like, when we, when we did... Oh, you mean Chucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many Chucky films? Are there probably eight of them. There's probably about eight, yeah. Um, when we did the 20 um, Freddy vs. Jason films, we... Um, are you looking up to seeing how many child play movies there are? Yeah. yeah, good on you. See, we do our research um, live on pod. Um, we immediately got the nine film Medea franchise, and that was a breath of fresh air after getting after doing the twenty Freddy vs Jason films. So uh, there's seven Child's Play films. Hmm. We were close. There probably yeah. will be eight. Yeah. Someone's going to listen to this at some point in the future, and there will be eight. Yeah, and that's I think that's really beautiful. And they'll stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to, uh, anyway, we'll have to so, update it. Yeah. So you were saying, mm. you were saying something. Oh, I was just talking about the French, what franchise we've done. <coughs> I think that's that part oh, yeah. of the show has been covered. Yeah. Um, so let's move can on you to name, the next Can part. you name the five longer franchises? Uh, the five longest franchises. Yeah the, f- yeah, the five that are longer than this one. And this is uh, having Godzilla be split into separate franchises. Okay, so we've done... That, that would be Freddy vs. Jason at 20 films, Medea at 9 films... Um, Godzilla Showa period at 15 films. Yeah. Then none of the other Godzilla <coughs> franchises were as long as that, were they? No. No. Um, and what else have we done? Uh, I feel like we did a 10 film one at some point. We did another eight film, but the films are shorter. Okay. What was that one? Beethoven. Beethoven. Okay. Oh, um, of course, Land Before Time yep. at uh, thir- 15? 14. 14 films. Um so that's four. What was the other one? X-Men. X-Men. I always forget where Nine X-Men. films, yeah. Uh, yeah, X- no, I think X-Men was ten. Logan was the tenth, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's a little bit about film franchise Four Nights. Another piece of fun. A little bit about me. My little, name is AJ. Uh, um, another little if, 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 a little film franchise Four Nights fun fact mm-hmm. I wanted to share because mm-hmm. I found this out today and I wish I had realized this earlier but and i'm probably going to explain this in the like the most convoluted way possible but if you were to say we release these podcasts at the exact same time every week okay Mm -hmm. if when you and and you and you're like i want to watch along at home so you're like i'm going to watch every film that they've watched for film franchise fortnights you if you started watching when we release an episode you start watching the first lethal weapon you daddy's home too would have 30 minutes to go when we release our next episode i don't understand what you're we've, saying we've, at all I, I, half an hour before the end of daddy's home too yeah we've we'd watched exactly two weeks of films so we watched a fortnight of film franchise fortnight's films we have yeah oh cool and if you were to play along at home uh and you and watch those films without any kind of break we would release. Do you think two someone's done this? Or- <laughs> I don't know. I just thought that'd be a, a fun way to explain this new. But I thought that was kind of cool, and it's cool that our, our second season, our second year, ended with having watched two weeks of films. Mm. I mean, it would have been good to realize that at the time. When you say that, did you? So what? You calculate the running time, the runtime of, of everything we've watched. Of, really? Yeah. 
Well done. Thank you. What a pointless exercise <laughs> to put yourself through. Um, yeah. So that's that's my fun little fact for today. Yeah. So if you haven't heard the show before, I hope you've enjoyed this um, rather self-indulgent little intro here. No, put this at the end of the podcast. But what? You just cut, cut that part out and put it at the end. Nah, leaving everything in, man. Uh, what's going to happen is we're going to talk about the American Pie films. We're going to talk about what we thought of them. We're going to talk about where we think the series could go. We're going to talk about characters. We're going to talk about, I don't know, how these films may be viewed with a modern lens. Um, and then at All the end of the show, more. at the end of the show, we're going to uh, do, do a little franchise roulette, which will select our next franchise. And then after that, we'll be reading out some lovely uh, messages from our, our fans so there's your uh, table of contents there's your table of contents what's it called at an airport departure board no 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 <laughs> um, you're like itinerary your itinerary that's your itinerary for this podcast um, the departure board for this podcast yeah yeah uh, so first things first let's go over explain what the films are so mm-hmm. first off in 1999 we had american pies directed by chris and paul whites mm-hmm. uh, it was written by adam hers mm-hmm. uh, he wrote the first three so rem- remember that name mm-hmm. it was, every film it, the credits begin with based on uh, characters written by you know right yeah, yeah. uh aj what's that film about so that film is the quintessential um teen sex comedy i don't think you could get a more perfect example of a teen sex comedy that pretty specific but still there's a lot of them um so that that film is about four high schoolers and they're at the end of their years at high school and they're still virgins richard (laughs) what losers i know and like they are they are inspired when the nerdiest kid in school gets laid to they they make a pact with each other they say we are going to get laid we're going to lose our virginities we're going to get by, laid by James. By, <laughs> we're we're going to lose our virginities by the end of high school. And they set the end of your prom as their cutoff date. Great, great idea for a teen film. And so what, where are all their romantic lives when they start the film? So um, Jim, who's kind of our, our hero, I guess, the main character, he is single with no prospects. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a crush on the, on the foreign exchange student. Um, then you've got Kevin, who's in a relatively um long-term relationship with his girlfriend um but they haven't had sex they haven't had sex and her name is vicky um uh, oz is like a player but has never sealed the deal i guess uh and finch is like a intellectual i mean i would say he's a bit of a dork like yeah they, they, i wouldn't want to be friends with him yeah yeah i think i think when they wrote the film he was legitimately supposed to come across as like this exotic intellectual <laughs> book book smart person i don't know <laughs> i didn't really like him yeah um, and so how else have we got along for the ride uh, and of course there's also steve stifler who is played by sean william scott and he sort of is injected into the story as the party boy who um you know he's kind of their like frenemy yeah yeah he gets laid all the time and he's anybody you know He's kind of a dick. No one really likes Calls him. Calls himself the Stiffmeister. Yeah. And I looked it up and Stiffler is an actual last name in America. Mm-hmm. And uh, what other characters do we have in our ensemble? Sure. We've, so we've got the love interests of all the main characters, which include, um, well, Jim has a couple, um, mainly one in the first film, yeah. and then it changes in the next films. He has Nadia, who's the foreign exchange student. Played by Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, and he also has Michelle. Played by Alison Hannigan. Who is a band geek. Cool. Um, uh, then you've got Vicky. The Batarid. And she is Kevin's uh, long-term girlfriend. Who, um, Look, I'll just get right into it. 
she she gives him plenty of blowjobs, um, but always always spits. Uh, they, I'm not. <laughs> these are things that are specified in the movie. They're important uh, to the plot. They're important to the plot. Um, and she's she's never had sex um, either. And it's that's sort of the the journey as as Kevin trying to like find a way for Vicky to become ready. Well, the the whole thing is she says, "I'll be ready if you can say you love me." Mm. And he he can't bring himself to because he doesn't. He's never said that to a girl before. Mm. Yeah. Um, we've also got Heather. That's played by Mina Savari. Yeah, and that is Oz's love interest. Um, I don't know if there's anything specific to say about her. Yeah, so she she's the good choir girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's the lacrosse mm. jock, yeah, and so he um, yeah, joins choir and yeah, does yeah. all the stuff to impress her. Very much like Finn from Glee, and he looks very much like <laughs> Finn from Glee. But he's- Chris Klein's still alive. <laughs> Um, and then Chris Klein plays Oz, obviously. Finch's love interest ends up being Stifler's mum, which we'll get into probably a bit more. Oh, Jennifer bit. Coolidge. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I feel like AJ, like every time I was like, who else have we got? Love yeah, I know. Right? I know. There's also <laughs> the best, maybe one of the best comedy characters ever put to screen. Yeah. Uh, Eugene Levy's Noah Levenstein yeah. slash Jim's, Jim's dad, dad, who. Um, Kind of is is the he's the only character to appear in all eight films, and he has a trademark. He's got his you know what Eugene Levy looks like. He's got his trademark like big bushy eyebrows, and his his sort of um, role in the films is to be kind of an uh, like supremely awkward mentor to Jim yeah. and the guys. If you go on Eugene Levy's Wikipedia page, it says something along the lines of he's mostly known for his like long winded explanations of awkward. Mm. Um, situations and the way he deals with sticky situations it's Mm. like his thing is waffling on to try and i guess he's trying to backpedal out of an awkward situation but he's just making a lot more awkward yeah and the the film actually gets its title from um the 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 dom mcclain song (laughs) oh yeah yeah true that never occurred to me there's a song (laughs) called american pie um no jim um he bangs a, a, a apple pie because he's told that's what a blowjob feels like. No, that's what a, a pussy feels like. Right. Well, to quote the film. To well, use they, the film's they, terminology. They talk about um, third base specifically as being it feeling like an apple pie. Yeah, fre- third base is fingering. No, it isn't. That's second base. No, it's French feel finger fuck. First mm. base is kissing with tongue. Second Wait, then, base... What, so sec- oral's not even in the bases? No. See, when I was... I always went in my high when school. When I was getting with chicks in high school. When I was in high school, I always understood it as first base was was making out, second base was um, hand stuff, third base was oral stuff, and fourth base was sex. And I would always say to my friend, "Man, there's a huge jump from one to from first to second base. Like I feel like like yeah. French kissing is, is is far too innocent for second base to be to be hand stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's French kissing. And then uh, under the bra stuff, mm-hmm. you like like I think the base thing is generally it's fluid. It, it's for men to have on women kind of thing. So it's like it's it's only the bases only signify things you can do. To, there's no like reverse of it kind of thing. So it's like if if first base is kissing, second base is getting under her bra, mm-hmm. and then third base would be getting into her underwear mm-hmm. with your hands and then i see so that's home, why he fingers then, the pie before he yeah yes yeah because yeah. he's like because the whole thing is 
what does a vagina feel like? Mm. It feels like so he like fingers the pie and he's like, wait a minute, I can tell you. Yeah, right. Fuck this pie. And and Jim's dad catches him in the act and says, well, we'll just tell your mother that we ate it all. Yeah. Um. Cool. John, there's something I, that just reminded me of that I was going to forget to bring up, but um, thank God. What does a vagina feel like? <laughs> uh, okay, so how does the film mean? They all lose their virginities. They, uh, does Oz? It was, that was unclear. I feel like Oz learns it's more important to be in love than lose your virginity because then the next morning, I might have interpreted the scene wrong, the next nah, morning. Yeah, it, it, is, it is deliberately left ambiguous. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, by the time it comes to the second film, they have. Which is fine. Yeah. Like, it's, it, that's a cool message to show that it's yeah, not- well, Yeah, because even if he does- He's like not kissing and telling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so 2001 brought us American Pie 2. Yeah. Directed by J.B. Rogers. Different director. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that film is about, uh, it's it's a, it's one summer after we saw them last, or one one year after we saw them last. And Yeah, they haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, yeah. And they, they everyone goes back home to East Great Falls, I think. Yeah. The town yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they go back there for the summer and they decide to go to someone or other's beach house um, and I don't know there's no there's nothing as concise as they're all trying to lose their virginity in that movie well the plot's mainly driven by Nadia's coming back yeah and uh, she has her and Jim haven't really seen each other since high school. Yeah. She want, and Jim wants to have sex with her, but he's only had sex once with Michelle mm-hmm. at the prom, and she ditched him. So she, so he employs Michelle to, yeah. sort of. Well, that's you say that, but that's not till the last act of the film. So there's a lot of filler, and I'll say this now: I feel like American Pie One and the final American Reunion are the only like. One's the only two films in the series that do a good job of giving everyone something to do. Right. Because American Pie 2 is like, Jim has this like sweeping epic of a story and the other characters are kind of spattered throughout. Like it's all, their, their storylines are treated way more like a sitcom storyline than a movie storyline. Right. Like if you look at the first film, um, they, they've all got their missions to lose their virginity and that's, that's very grand and, and epic. Whereas like, Kevin, for example, his storyline in the second one is that he's seen Vicky for the first time since they broke up because they break up at the end of the first film after they have sex. And yeah, it's, it's amicable. It's yeah, fine. They're, yeah, she's, they're going to different colleges. Yeah, yeah. And he sees her and is having to come to terms with the fact that they've been seeing other people since they saw each other last. And there's, there's no, like, there's no... Still better than he got in the third film. Yeah, of course. I'll get to that as well. But there's no, like, external action that that represents his story. Like, Jim goes on, like, these, like, quests to, like, to... No, you say that the Michelle thing only happens in the third act. The... Her, them pretending yeah. to be boyfriend and girlfriend happens in the third act, yeah. but him going to Michelle being like, how was yes. I? So that's what I mean. Happens yeah. early on. Yeah. yeah. So that's what that, and then, then yeah. So the, the plot of American Pie 2 is basically Jim wants to get better at sex. So he talks to the one girl he's had sex with. And then at the end, she says, you know what? I'll pretend to be your girlfriend. And then we can break up right before, right on the night of the big party. Cause he's got, having. he's got a problem with his penis. Oh yeah. He, he accidentally glues his hand to his penis and needs two weeks to heal. And Nadia turns up all of a sudden and he's like, oh, no, you're not supposed to be here yet. And so they do this big, big charade, which gets Jim um, in, a, in a very romantic space with Nadia by the end of the film. When he realizes da, 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 he's actually in love with Michelle. Happy ending for those two characters. And the feeling is mutual. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Finch is repeatedly having sex with Stifler's mum. 
Well, so he, he, they have sex at the end of the first film, mm-hmm. and he's spent the, ever since then obsessing over her, mm. and then he, the, she shows up at the end to have mm. sex. But like, okay, but a better example of what I'm of what I'm trying to say <coughs> with like the characters not being like the storyline not being distributed evenly between the characters is that like Oz's Oz Oz's story in the second film is he's in a long distance relationship with uh, Heather. It's difficult. Then she turns up. That's <laughs> it. There's no like. There's no like obstacle yesterday. He just has to wait until yeah, she, well, she comes home. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do. She was sleeping with someone. Of else course, yeah. That. I'm glad as well. There are more original stories to tell than that. But what I'm saying is like everyone else, except for Stifler, weirdly, because he's kind of like the trademark. Like next to Jim's dad, I feel like Stifler was like the face of the American Pie series. Yeah, they kind of push everyone to like probably like 10 minute storylines that you could on screen probably play out for about 10 minutes if <laughs> yeah. you put them all next to each other yeah that's a it's a good description do we want to do rotten tomato scores now or should we save it to the end and and do them all um we'll do we'll do old school we'll go through then we'll say okay. what our favorites were okay we'll go. okay okay so we've done that in a wee while no so uh next 2003 we had american wedding that was mm-hmm. directed by jesse Dillon. a different director yep so, American Wedding is about um, Jim and Michelle are getting married. I mean, that's it, right? Like, what are the big problems that... Uh, yeah, so uh, oh, we, the, we see the, Jim meeting Michelle's parents for the first and time. And they, they get the wrong impression of him. Meanwhile, Stifler is trying to bang Michelle's sister. January Jones. January Jones, and so is Finch. So, that those two are historically quite arch enemies, seeing as Finch bangs Stifler's mum. Yeah, so, but, and so the... She she comes to town and she's like, oh, I want like a button down, like nice guy. And so Stifler pretends to be this nice guy. And then she almost gets there with Stifler. And then she's like, oh, you know, like I love intellectual stuff with you, but I'm just like kind of want a bad boy. And then so Finch is pretending to be a bad boy. Yeah, it's great. But again, it's another, it feels more, more like it would fit within a TV show than like yeah. a TV show subplot than a movie subplot. Same thing could be said for Shrek Forever After, that kind of thing. Like it's, it's, it's the very like cliche tropes that you'd usually see in like special episodes of tv series yeah i mean because the the stakes are very low for these movies they're like Mm. they feel i mean that inherently kind of feels like a tv show because it's just friends hanging out and zany antics happen um i mean is it antics or banter though yeah is it antics or banter that's what we were talking about people always talk about banter these days but i feel like back in 2001 or 2000 when did this one 2003 2003 like antics were what banter is now you know you sit around bantering bantering with your friends but it used to be a bit of antics yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so that was the end of the ridge tridge Mm -hmm. so then we had a quadrilogy mm-hmm. of straight to dvd releases so it started off in 2005 with american pie presents Bandcamp, and Bandcamp, and it's directed by steve rash Bandcamp is about um stifler's little brother uh scott matt matt there's a bunch of stiflers yeah um matt and he gets he does a big rowdy prank in in school and as as penance he's sent to Bandcamp, which is mentioned frequently throughout the previous three films as being like where all the nerds go every every summer but they also, they yeah they also get up to some some antics there um so basically he goes he goes to band camp and um 
is a bit too cool for school, but learns to love his peers and get a girlfriend. Out yeah, of it's it's oddly sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then a year later, so they're churning these things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had American Pie presents The Naked Mile, directed by Joe Nussbaum. Mm. And The Naked Mile sees Eric Stifler. Stifler, uh, Matt and Stephen's cousin. He goes to... Um, what is he? He goes to one of the college. He's a high in high school, yeah. And he goes to one of the colleges. All right, now set the whole scene. Okay, set, let's do it. <laughs> All right. So the film opens with Eric Stifler. His parents um, they leave the house, and he's like, "Sweet, I'm going to jerk off to some <laughs> to some porn on my TV on VHS. Yeah, on VHS. <clears throat> um, and like, pretty sure these movies wouldn't even <laughs> been released on VHS. They were, they were past that. Yeah, and so uh, he puts some, he attaches some headphones into the TV, and he's jerking off to his his hot ass porn. <laughs> and then his parents come home with their grandma just as he's reaching the point of completion. And hilariously, he jizzes on his parents and grandmother, and his grandmother dies. And <laughs> isn't that funny? Isn't that? A- that's so, not what the film's about at all. But yeah, that, that's, <laughs> your, that's your cold open, your hilarious cold open. So then we meet his girlfriend. What happens then? So his girlfriend um, isn't ready to have sex. Um, much and, to and, his- and Eric's still a virgin oh, sorry, despite this, being a stiffler. This is important. You, gotta, you guys, you've got to understand, because you might have seen the first three movies. You've not seen the, the American Pie Presents quadrilogy. You guys, if you're a stiffler, you cannot be a virgin by the time you f- you finish high school. That is pathetic. That is not what Stiflers are known for. It's disgusting. It's, it's actually making me feel a bit sick talking about it now. So basically, his girlfriend doesn't want to have sex with her, but he's, he's actually really in love with her. Um, and so they nearly do, but it gets, it gets interrupted by her dad coming down the stairs or something. Oh, man, I'm so convoluted and f- fucking stupid <laughs> and then he shits in her dryer yeah for some reason he shits in her dryer i don't know don't ask me about that that, that, <laughs> that just happened um like his his upset stomach and his, his gas and his poo yeah like plays a very important part in the plot but it's not set up at all no it's just like hide in here and then he starts farting and it's like at least I mean, establish just, just tell us stomach, yeah, yeah but they don't um and basically, I don't know how, I can't remember how this all happens, but he ends up... Um, He's going to the college to like... Um, like an open day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, during the time of the college, that's going to be there at the college is an event called the Naked Mile, where all the college students get naked and run a mile. Oh, sorry, actually, sorry to interrupt. We missed something from Bandcamp. Uh, is that Eugene Levy, Jim's dad, is in it as well. He's like a guidance counselor at the camp. Yeah, and Eugene Levy is also in the Naked Mile. He is... His what's her name? What's his girlfriend's name? Eric Stifler's girlfriend's name? Uh, Tracy. Tracy. He is Tracy's yoga apprentice. Like she's his yoga instructor. I think was where how we first meet him. Anyway, he's in the film later on as well. But okay, I'm getting so I'm getting so flustered trying to explain the damn plot of of the Naked Mile. Yeah, you're not even at the best part yet. Okay, so basically, Tracy says to Eric, "All right, because I know you really want to have sex, and because her her girlfriend's kind of talked her into her it, fucking vicious harpies that they." She tells Eric, "You know what? You can have a hall pass. You can have sex. A free pass. A free pass. You can have sex. <laughs> you can have a hall pass. You can go to the toilet whenever you want." Well, there's an Owen Wilson movie called Hall Pass, which is about this. For My mistake. She basically says you can have sex with anyone you want as long as it's just sex. And he's about to go to the, to the, to, the, to this university where everyone's going to be naked. It's very exciting. His co- his other cousin Dwight Stifler's there. He's not Steve or Matt's brother, so it's a third. 
expansion on this family, I guess. Anyway, and he has a couple of other friends as well. I'm just going to say right up top, the main the main um, reason this movie is so hard to relate to is because you expect a certain standard of your your heroes in teen movies, right? And if you look back at the original American Pie, even Bandcamp has this. There's an, there's an underlining goodness to a lot of these characters. Yeah. So, like, um, even if you go to Bandcamp, Matt Stifler essentially learns he shouldn't be looking up to, to his older brother. Yeah, because like his being, older brother's not. Like, so the, the idea of being a stifler yeah. ha- has certain connotations. And Bandcamp is about learning that you don't have to be a stifler. And the Naked Mile is about learning, yes, you do. <laughs> so the main problem with the Naked Mile is that she says, you can have a free pass to have sex with anyone you want. And he goes, great. Whereas you want, you want your protagonist in a teen movie because teen movies are written by adults, right? And teen movies have a responsibility. Doesn't feel like it. Sometimes. Teen, teen movies have a responsibility to actually convey messages to teenagers that they maybe wouldn't have thought of. A lot of like, while these movies are very sexual, a lot of the messages in them is actually like love comes first, like or love is more important than sex, right? But so if your girlfriend says to you, you can have a free pass. Your response should be, no, I don't want a free pass because I'm in love with you and I'll wait for you to be ready to have sex because you shouldn't pressure your fucking girlfriend into having sex. Like, like oh, it's so annoying that, that he he doesn't put up a fight. He sees this as a good thing. Ergo, the movie sees it as a good thing. Um, anyway, he nearly gets with someone at the Naked Mile. But Who's don't. like, not my words, but like the hottest chick on campus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, like it, no one has gotten with it she loves she's like a virgin collector mm, she's like, a virgin fetish yeah her thing is virgin collecting v cards and yeah and then he ends up deciding no i don't want to have sex with you after you know getting 10 to 15 seconds of oral sex um <laughs> and then rides a horse back to his hometown and yeah. has sex with tracy I won't oh. explain any of that. Anyway, There's also a bunch of midgets in the Na- film. <laughs> Naked Miles probably that's the- important, and I and midgets is the word that they use in the film. I feel like Naked Miles is the worst one. Hell, fucking no. You're Let's continue. Um, 2007, American Pie presents Beta House, directed by Andrew Waller. Okay, so Beta House is the most next to nymphomaniac is the most explicitly sexual movie I've ever seen. Like that, the there is a, a standard set by the first three American yeah, Pie when you movies. say sexual as well. So, The Naked Mile has a, a sea of... Full frontal nudity. And full frontal nudity in it. But it's it's not sexy. It's no. not sexual. It's kind of silly looking because they're yeah. naked and there's heaps of them. I mean, it's it's hot. It's... Yeah, it's fucking hot. <laughs> um, so, the Beta House, like, deals with... I'm not probably not going to get into this in my plot summary, but it deals with things such as female ejaculation um that's the big one that's the big that's the big chestnut this film drops on you um anyway oh and like like it's it might be the first is it the first film where they actually show jism no because he kills her with the jism and nakamura oh that's true and also in the first american pie in the beer uh okay Fair enough. No, it's in the first 20 minutes anyway, of the franchise. Anyway, it's, it's a really gross film. Uh, what's it even about? It's the same characters from the last film. Um, so Matt Stifler has returned valiantly. No, Eric Stifler. Eric, is now, and he's now at Eric college. Stifler. Yeah, he's now, yeah, and he joins Beta House. And oh, Tracy broke up with him. Tracy broke up with him because who cares? That didn't matter. <laughs> um, 
And oh, what even happens in Beta House? What's it about? Uh, there's a, there's a nerd house. There's a there's another frat house full of nerds, and they want to. Yeah. Okay. So when I think of the plot of Beta House, I think of they have this Olympiad. Yeah. Uh, which is like again last act of the film, and it's the la- <laughs> it's literally the last fifteen minutes of the film. What the rest of the film is about, couldn't tell you. Um, no, it's, it's, it's about them like settling into college, and they all like meet different. They've girls. got no, it's their initiation into Beta House. They've got to yeah, get into Beta yeah, House. Yeah. That's what it is. It's not a good film. Don't see it. Like not, that's that's about it. And Jim's dad's in it. Yeah, Jim's dad invented the Olympiad. Yeah. Okay. Now, he, was, he used to be part of Beta House. Now, two thousand and I forgot to write American Reunion on my thing. Um, two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. we have. American Pie presents the Book of Love, directed by John Pitch. And now, when you say Beta House is the worst one, I feel like you momentarily forgot about this film. So I'll let you continue. And listen, the Book of Love is probably the worst one, but the Naked Miles, like, like that offended me. I mean, they all offended me, but that one was like astonishingly offensive compared to the other films. Anyway, the Book of Love. So in the first, in the first American Pie film, they find. Well, there is there exists a book in the high school library with a bunch of like sex tips in it that the guys use. Very, it's not very like not even really like focused on that much in the yeah, original. Casey film. Affleck is in it. Yeah, Casey Affleck's in it. Um, but anyway, in the Book of Love, it's about a new bunch of kids. There's another Stifler, but he's not one of the main um, three characters. And essentially, I don't know. They all really want to get laid, and then they find the Book of Love. But it's kind of ruined and it's just their exploits trying to first follow the rules of the Book of Love and the Bible, as it's called in the film, um, and learn how to be better at sex. Uh, And then they decide they need to rebuild it because it got kind of half destroyed and and when the sprinklers came on after a fire was set at the school. And so they find the original owner of the Book of Love, the Bible, and it's Jim's dad. And with his help, they they basically get all the information that used to be in the the bible and recreate it and that's it that's the that's the book of love it's not it's not particularly it is it is a it is a concept i'm surprised it took them this long to get to yeah well okay i know you like love this this is like you you often talk about this but the fact that like, so the first three spinoffs are all about Stiflers. And then Stifler is such a minor character in this one that, like, I can't believe someone was like, this is the idea we have to do. And then made it an American Pie film by adding a Stifler and now and Jim's dad. Right. Like, the plot, like, the film is so I don't know, fucking man. terrible. I would say that. That Book of Love and, and Bandcamp are the two films that rely on the original trilogy. The yeah, most. actually, you're kind of right. Because one one is about like a character who appears in the original trilogy, and that's Matt Stifler, played by a different character, but a different actor, but still the character. Um, and the Book of Love is about the book that appeared in the first film. Yeah. Anyway. No, you're right, man. Frick, man. Uh, no, th- okay, that's really interesting because... Okay, should we go through what we... Th- oh, sorry, no, actually. There's one more, damn 2012 brought us American Reunion, uh, which brings us back to the original cast, mm-hmm. and it's directed by John Hurwitz and Adam Hayden Schlossberg. And interestingly, this one's not written by Adam Hurz, who wrote the original three, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I thought 
it was they did an incredible job of mm. like capturing mm. the majesty of the original. So American Reunion is set 13 years after the original yeah, they're, American they're 13 Pie. 13-year reunion. Um, and they're having a high school reunion, despite the fact that Facebook kind of negated the need for high school reunions. But um, I think it's a very American thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, so they have a high school reunion and they all get together. Um, I don't, like, they're dealing with adult problems now, but they, they, they want to, like, so... All right, I'll just go through each of the characters. So Jim and Michelle are married and have a kid now and kind of like like sex has disappeared from their relationship despite it, it used to be quite important to them. Um, Kevin is happily married, but when he runs into Vicky again, it sort of brings up old feelings. Um, Oz, who wasn't in the third one, by the way. Oz hasn't been in it since the second American Pie film. Um, Oz is now like a sports commentator, like a like semi-famous yeah, sports celebrity. commentator. And he also appeared on a celebrity dance-off show. Yeah. Um, and basically he's got a, a girlfriend who's like just still basically stuck in her teenage ways and it's he's not really she, she's, it. she's like a supermodel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and when they go back to the reunion, he, he meets Heather again and it's sort of them becoming closer again after being apart and having different... Yeah, she's now dating a chiropractor called ron dr ron yeah dron dron dr ron um and uh finch finch's story is quite interesting basically he says he's been all around the world but it's revealed halfway through the film or probably a little over halfway through the film that he's actually lied about all that and he's he's sold out and he's not the man that he always wanted to be uh and stifler is still wanting to be the party boy still wanting to be a teenager but no one has time for his shit anymore. Yeah, he's an office temp. Yeah, so it's just it's, it's a good. It's, it's and a, he, he never moved out of yeah, East yeah. Falls as well. So it's a it's a it's, it's a good way to bring everything back. Basically, like the the same problems that you have as teenager, but as a teenager, but they're like put into the well, not the same problems, but the same construct of problems put into being an adult. Yeah, it's quite effective. I thought. Yeah, like it's funny having like. Not having sex still be Jim's problem. Mm, very cool, yeah. But it's a lot more mature yeah, sort yeah. of topic. Uh, yeah. So and Jim's dad's in it. Yeah, and oh yeah, as well. So Jim's mum has passed away between when we last saw her in this film and uh, Jim's dad and stuff. His mum ended up getting together. Yeah, and the film ends with Stifler finally having sex with Finch's mum. Mm, yeah, very important um, aspects of the plot. Yeah, so. AJ, mm. how would you rank the films? I would rank the films. Uh, I the the obvious ranking would be to put the first film first. Yeah, I really liked American Reunion. Yeah, I think it does a very good job. I'm inclined to maybe just put the first one first because it's it's got that like excellent logline. You know, four virgins try to have sex for the first time. Yeah, when you say excellent log, so we talked about this as we were watching them, and it's something I've I've talked I've said about other things, but like. There's an episode of Black Mirror that I've I've talked about. I wrote a big review of every mm-hmm. episode, but there's like the entire history of you to me is like the if you were to describe the log line of Black Mirror as a show, you're describing that episode. Yeah. And there was what was the other example you gave? Um, uh, J- uh, Friday the Thirteenth. If you're oh, if yeah, you're yeah. describing Friday the Thirteenth, you're actually describing the third film. Yeah. So that's the hockey mask killing all the campers. Yeah. That's and the it's third Jason film. Doing the killing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, um. It's like if you're describing a teen sex comedy, yeah, you're, you're describing, describing American, American Pie. Pie. Yeah, uh, and like it's the quintessential one. Yeah, and so yeah, like there is that. 
I mean, you can say whatever you want about like how you can make it these days, or mm-hmm. it's or it's dated or whatever, and it's kind of that that sort of it's a relic yeah, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. But there's that purity to it in a, yeah, yeah. a lot of ways. I mean, excuse the virgin pun, but yeah, no, totally, totally, man. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a it's it's everything it needs to be. That's basically it, what I'm trying to say. So I'd go American Pie, then American Reunion, just because it was a very smart way to do a distant sequel. Um, then I'd go American Pie 2. Then I'd go American Wedding. Then I'd go Bandcamp, which might actually only be at that point in the list because of the production value of it. I actually quite liked Bandcamp. I'm inclined to even put it after American Reunion if, if it had the same like budget and like care put into it yeah a, a lot of the the characters aren't quite as lovable yeah yeah exactly as well. um and then i would go fuck um beta house maybe you, you said that was the worst one but did i no i said naked mile was the worst one look they, um, they're pretty interchangeable yeah. the, the last the 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 second third and fourth spin-off films are all very interchangeable I mean, the only thing I can think of to mention is the Naked Mile and Beta House, are like sequel, like Beta House is a sequel to the Naked Mile and the Book of Love is which I liked. Yeah, I don't I, know. I like the fact that Beta House was a sequel to Naked Mile. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Give me some time to get to know these characters. Uh, my listing would be pretty much the same. Uh, the one and reunion are pretty interchangeable for me, yeah. and then yeah, two wedding band camp. Naked Mile, Beta House, Book of Love. Yeah, I think... Book of Love is actually... I say this a lot on the podcast, but Book of Love is one of the fucking worst films I've ever seen. And so, if you do plan on watching all these films in a row, like, you will... You have no idea the breath of fresh air it is to watch American Reunion. And maybe that's the optimum way to watch American Reunion. Yeah, I think it actually is. Because... It's not only is it cool to see these characters back together, but to have the American Pie name dragged through the mud yeah, yeah. for, what is it, 13 years, and, and then, then to finally come reach back. the same heights of the first film in yeah. terms of, like, balance. Because, and I was talking about this before, the American Pie and American Reunion are the only, the only two films that feel complete. Like, mm. American Pie 2 doesn't feel as i was saying before everyone except for jim and stifler their storylines are very like meager and like the the stakes are very low and then oz isn't even in the american wedding and kevin kevin doesn't have a story in american wedding he's just there yeah so yeah it's weird and then i mean the spin-off films just aren't complete because they're stupid yeah Right, well, <laughs> there's no reasoning for it. The, the critics and audience, yeah, we've got some interesting things to say. So, uh, the original American Pie has a critic score of 60 and an audience score of 61. Uh, American Pie 2 has a critic score of 52, but an audience score of 68. Mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, makes making sense, Making it right? the highest rated audience But score. that makes sense because we've talked about this before, is that sequels often get quite high audience ratings because, especially the demographic that American Pie was was like aiming towards because yeah. it's like those You're are already on board yeah yeah they're, they're like hormonal sex driven teenagers are watching these films so of course they're going to love the second one yeah uh, american american wedding has a critic score of 54 audience score of 63 so critics um go one three two um audience goes two three one American Wedding's a bad movie. <laughs> it's not a good movie. And then on to the uh, spin-offs. Bandcamp has a critic score of 17, audience score of 50. Naked Mars has a critic score of zero. 
uh, and an audience score of 61. Uh, doesn't uh, Beta House doesn't have a critic score and neither does Book of Love, but the audience scores respectively are 56 and 28. American Reunion, mm-hmm. critic score 43 and audience score of 63. I think the critics are being unfairly harsh on it. What do they say about it? The, it's, uh, what did it say? It was like, um, it tries, it basically it tries and fails to recapture the original. I mean, depends what you're, you're looking for in a movie. Like, the, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just by virtue of them being older, you wouldn't really call it a teen movie Well, yeah, but like... It's so, made for that very specific demographic of people who saw the first one and grew up. Yeah, and, and they do... They chuck in some, some sexy boobies mm-hmm. for the... The lads. For the lads. <laughs> um, and, you know, they're, they are sexy boobies. They are. Sexy boobies is like <laughs> such a funny phrase. So... <laughs> Um, last, last franchise we did when we were inebriated, um, and I listening back learned how much I say the phrase, would you agree? Um, would you agree that I say that a lot? Yeah. Um, we talked about, and this is funny cause we had no idea we were going to do American Pie next. We talked about how like problematic the hangover, that was the franchise. I don't think I mentioned that. We did yeah. the hangover. We talked about how problematic the, the hangover is a mere, what, five years after the last one came out. Yeah. Like, and how it's crazy that, like, somewhere between The Hangover Part 3 in 2013 and where we are in 2018, like, there are so many, like, things you can't, and you shouldn't say anymore that were commonplace. Yeah, like sexy boobies. I feel like... No, I think sexy boobies is still fine. (laughs) But, like, there's a lot of... Objectifying women, though, is like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, I mean, I guess that's the reason that that character is put on screen. Yeah. Is... Yeah, anyway. Anyway. That's that's a a slippery slope. Um, The... The... The Hangover movies have a lot of, like, homophobic language in it. They have a lot of, like, yeah, male gaze kind of things. And we were talking about, like, oh, it's crazy that, like, times have changed so fast. Then we watched fucking American Pie, which, like... Like, American Pie as a series... Ah. Is, like, the most egregious form of the male gaze I have might have ever seen in a film you would still see as somewhat contemporary. Like, yeah. like, like <laughs> maybe, maybe the spinoff, the spinoffs are definitely worse, but to give you kind of, if you haven't seen the American Pie films, every female character in these films, if they're not ugly and most of them are hot, <laughs> like, like they are very keen to have sex. They are very attracted to even the most meager attempts to like, of, of like seduction. They like, like Jason Biggs who plays Jim, he's, he's Hollywood ugly and not even that like normal handsome either. Like he's a, he's all right. He's, you know, yeah. I'm not saying he's, he's ugly, but he's, he's certainly not the most handsome dude in the world. And like Nadia, who's his like, foreign exchange student crush as like one of the most attractive actresses I have ever seen, you know, like, and she, she, th- she likes him. She's into him. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm saying that it's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get the opposite of that. You know, you wouldn't get the hot guy getting with the, the ugliest girl yeah. in, in these movies. Not that there are, are any ugly, ugly girls. In well, this movie. so you said any, every girl, unless they're ugly. Are you saying Natasha Leone? Are you talking about her character as well? Who's that? Who, who she Jess? Play? Because I'd Orange say she's yeah, I'd say she's the best, one of the best female characters. Mm-hmm. Um, because she, yeah, she's she's just kind of there to sort of help everyone. She actually has a pretty sizable role, but it's like not very memorable. No, and she's not in the third one. And then she has she's literally in the in a reunion for about thirty seconds, despite being on the poster. But that's because they did a 
um, basically a shot for shot yeah. remake of the original poster. But yeah, she's she's quite an interesting character. She ends up it's revealed that she's a lesbian and um, reunion. But yeah, she she's the kind of I mean, yeah, she's attractive mm-hmm. and she she's never really the object of anyone's affection. Mm-hmm. And I and I I really liked. Vicky Tara, Tara Reed's character in the first film, I quite liked Vicky. I thought she was like a, she felt like a real teenage girl. Like like she acted in the way that I I knew plenty of teenage girls acted. Everyone else is kind of a caricature. And Vicky's Vicky's storyline post the first film, well, she's only in two others. She's in the second one and Reunion, and in the second one she's not featured that much. And in Reunion, this is post Tara Reed's like I don't know. Did she go through like a breakdown? What happened there? Yeah, she she hasn't been done well. I think, and she's in all the Sharknado movies. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm sympathetic to the actress, but she she's lost some of her natural on screen talent. I think by the by reunion. Yeah. When uh, was Big Lebowski? When was the, it? Yeah, the nineties, like mid nineties. Yeah, because she's in that. Is she? Oh, yeah, she yeah. is too. She's Bunny. Yeah. So that was before American Pie. Yeah. Mm. So she might have been like one of the biggest stars going into it. True. She feels like it. She has that like kind of. Um, Paris Hilton-esque, the, mm. that sort of mm. um, ethereal quality about it. Mm. But anyway, it's still like <laughs> just the the way, and especially oh my gosh, especially in the the okay. So we talked about Bandcamp and how I was kind of saying it's it's actually all right. That being said, the main plot involves the main character setting up spy cams all over band camp including <laughs> the woman's showers so he can compile videos of unsuspecting naked women and he's painted as the hero like that's a, that's like a cool wacky thing that old stifler's doing this time but it's like not only is that illegal but if someone did if i knew of a friend who did that or someone who did that i'd be like i never want to speak to you <laughs> like that is so gross and weird that you did that yeah yeah, the uh, <laughs> where to begin, eh? It's it's just we. So I think you and I, all these things have culminated. the The fact that that we live in the times we do now, the fact that we're doing a podcast, which not only involves us watching films, but then unpacking them together. Because of that, we and I haven't seen this written down much, which is why I'm bringing it up like I've discovered it. When you look at like the difference between like Back to the Future, you look at the difference between the 50s and the 80s. It's huge, like huge difference between those time eras. I think we have just become conscious of a huge shift in era. Like we've changed eras. And like the last American Pie movie came out in 2012 13 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 12 so that again that's before hangover part three so there you go but also like the one before that was 2009 with book of love and they even then even as like that does not feel like a long time ago to me yeah even then though you look at how college is depicted you look at how it's all women ripping their shirts off so that you can pour tequila over their boobs. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was, that might not be realistic, but it was how college was accepted to be portrayed in film. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've never been to college, so I don't know if that's what it's actually like, but it's very like, not for guys like us. (laughs) It's very like, dirty and filthy and rugged. And like the, the people who are the most dirty and the most sexy are touted as the heroes. 
my knowledge of college as a stereotype now is like trigger warnings and um, getting in fights with your professor because they're teaching you about like evolution. slavery and well, not evolution. <laughs> be the opposite would be, be the people who aren't preaching evolution. We're talking about evolution; they would get in trouble because it's very. It's like like the, the college. I want to say it's become more liberal. But it was liberal. Depicted yeah, yeah, yeah. In these kind of different kind of Lib- liberal, liberal yeah. has changed to be about uh, respect and like to not to being a, offended to a fault. I'm not saying that I, pref- I I think people should be nice to each I'm other. I'm not saying I I, I prefer yeah, tequila. Yeah. Paul I don't know what I movies. prefer. They, they both make me supremely uncomfortable. But it's it's funny <laughs> that like yeah. these these movies have dated so poorly and in well, such think, a small time. I, I think frame. yeah, the fact that. Yeah, because they've they've aged, but we feel like they still need to be held up in today's standards. So something like Back to the Future has, I mean, Back to the Future is a pretty good example. But like, say, okay, something like um, Revenge of the Nerds, mm-hmm. which has like actual just rape in it. Well, she likes it though, so it's okay. Sarcasm. Okay, it has it has several instances of of various types of ma- male sexual ga- assault, like rape culture. Yeah, it's and it's totally like all, like sexual harassment, sexual assault, all these kind of things. Um, but we are able to say, "Oh, that's pretty bad," but that was okay at the time, or like that, not that, that it was okay, but it's like that's just what people thought was okay. Yeah, but now we still expect films from two thousand seven to be held up in today's things because we haven't, you know, cut it off as being like. 2010 was the end of an era. Anything before that is how it was at the time. It's still like, yeah, that doesn't fly. And it's been, it's been 11 years and we're still like, you can't say that, but it's like, it is a different era. And especially like the rise of social media Mm -hmm. and everyone's being told that their opinion is as valid as everyone else's because they can broadcast it for the world to see, you know, it's the, the, the era has the like social whatever mm. has changed so much in the last 10 years that we should see it as a completely different yeah. era because there's been more change almost in the last 10 years than there has been in any other. Look, maybe every, every uh, generation has gone through this like shameful look. Yeah. Back. Like maybe we're just discovering Like, I don't know if, if we have, if we have any older listeners, um, people in like the late eighties were like, do you know that we're actually closer we're actually further away from the moon landing than we are to 9-11. And they're like, wait, 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 what's 9-11? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so if you're, yeah, if you're, um, I don't know, if you, were, if you were an active member of society in, say, like, the 80s, did you notice... I don't know if we have any listeners of that description, but if you do, did, did you uh, well, notice... Got, like my parents, my parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did, did you notice there was a shift in... Um, what was depicted on screen as being okay, and was it well, during? No, yeah, no, did even, you experience that shift in real time? So it was more jarring and shocking, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's because because it, ha- it happens so quickly now that, like, you, you know, every two years they're like, you can't say this word now because it's offensive, and, and maybe not as clear cut as that. But to go back five five years to the Hangover Part Three and hear the word "gay" or "retarded" being mm. used negatively, it's like. We're kind of told that those words are, they're actually like campaigns to get rid of those words. Yeah. And so it's a very definitive point of when you can do it. Whereas something like 
bell-bottom jeans just kind of fall out of fashion. And so, if you're watching something from five years ago and they're wearing bell-bottom jeans, like, I wonder how that, like, you know, back, back in the 80s and 70s or whatever, is, like, because... Right. The, the trends are more saying, just you're fall saying out. trends both in fashion and language expire but it just so happens that when they expired in our generation it was because they were offensive and not because they were uncool yeah like, i think yeah i think that's that's the sort of thing of of why we feel like these sort of things because uh, the the changes in culture yeah are falling out of fashion not becoming offensive yeah whereas yeah, yeah, now yeah. the changes in culture are due to things becoming offensive yeah. or becoming problematic un- problematic yeah. or unacceptable and, and i mean on the whole i guess you the, the argument could be made pc culture is a good thing because we're not offending people but then you know you can make the argument for this side There's, that's a completely we, different you, podcast you and i you and i are both in the middle of like i would describe both of us as as fairly politically centered i don't know if we want to get into this but basically what, <laughs> what, what i'm saying is is like i'm not i'm not as liberal as to believe there should be trigger warnings on everything but i'm also not as right as to believe people shouldn't know what they're getting into i guess yeah like, uh, yeah like yeah 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 i think as well like um like you, you should my, my my like opinion is that if something's offensive that means like it shouldn't be you know, it like or there should be sort of rules around it. But if something offends you, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. So another another thing I think to to take into consideration with this whole conversation as well is like we have deep catharsis for the original American Pie movies as well. Yeah. Like so, it, even the some of the spinoffs for me because yeah. of the the time when, of my yeah, life when you, when you watch them, them and and so yeah, that, that is like even even the problematic parts you can. It, it, it takes you back to a time when you weren't supposed to watch these films. Yeah, man. And that's, we talked about this ages ago on scary. And then when you did the scary movie podcast, yeah, like I, we were, we were too young to watch the first American pie when it came out in 99, but that seeing that, seeing that movie at my video, video easy or my, my blockbuster, um, on the shelf for years when I'd go there to like, just look around at the movies. That was always the movie that was like one day when I'm old enough, I'm totally going to watch that movie yeah. because the little like hormones in my, in my nine to 12 year old body were going off the charts. And I was like, that movie makes me feel a way I don't quite understand, but it's exciting. Right. Because I would also say I'm not like when it comes down to it, I'm not that big a fan of the movies how, like themselves. Like, like the first the American reunion was like all about context. So I really enjoyed that because of the context we watched it in. But when I finally saw, I think the first one I saw was Bandcamp, And that was like at a, at a party when I was like 13. Yeah. Or like a sleepover with, with the boys. And then, <laughs> then, the then I remember, um, I would have been 16 when all my friends got into this big American pie phase. And I watched the first three films and I remember thinking when I watched the first one, I remember thinking, oh, that was all right. So like, and then, I mean, diminishing returns from there. So while I I wouldn't say I like the movie. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Movies that much in terms of what they are. I love how these movies make me feel. Yeah. Like I love the... the I mean, we're, you're, we're nostalgia junkies. Yeah, yeah. It's these, this nostalgic... Maybe in part sexual awakening, maybe in part like, um, yeah, like just seeing seeing like another culture because New Zealand culture isn't quite as I don't know if that's a, a realistic depiction of American culture. But yeah, let's not it's not quite as rampant as that. So, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there's there are pockets of that in American culture, but I don't think there really are mm, pockets of that in New Zealand culture. Yeah, we're a lot more into weed. Yeah, yeah. Not not us specifically, but New Zealand as a country. Yeah, yeah. Is, um, if there was like an American Pie type movie about New Zealand, it would, there would be a lot of weed. New Zealand's pie. Shepherd's pie. <laughs> it feels like a hot shepherd's pie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I don't like, and, and that was sort of, before we started this podcast, well, actually not like right before, but when we started watching American Pie, that's all I thought we were going to talk about is how like, similar when we talked about Shrek, like how the the place of American Pie in my heart and in my life is very important to me because it's like, ah, these risque, wacky movies that my parents never allowed me to watch and that like, that like exemplified all the shit we talk about with our friends but you know usually don't don't see it portrayed on screen but instead we're talking about how like horribly dated they are yeah but i guess that's that's fair Other, enough. yeah i i'm the same as you like they, these movies just make me like giddy mm. and it's, it's i think i actually think it's the, the soundtrack's a huge part of that as well hell like, yeah like that early noughties like like Blink late, late 90s, early 90s soundtrack is like when when I hear this voice like that that yeah. two thousand singing voice. I don't think of Blink One Eighty Two. I don't think of uh, like what's another Some Forty One. Some Forty One. I think of American Pie. That's the image that the the poster for the first American Pie film is what pops into my head when I hear that tone of singing. <laughs> I think yeah. of American Pie. Yeah, that like. So I think I'm with a hangover. I mean, at least the third one, but that they just make me so giddy. I just, I just love the way they make me feel. I love the the time in my life that it takes me back to. And I mean, I'm I'm 100 sure the next franchise is going to shit all over that <laughs> and make make me just feel sad. But what the next franchise we cover? Yeah. Okay. No doubt. No, no doubt. doubt. No doubt. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. Yeah, they, they, they're good films. Uh, but they're, they're not necessarily ones that if someone ne- had never seen them, I'd be like, oh, you have to go watch them. Yeah. Are you talking about American Pie? Yeah. Yeah. So, are you talking about American Pie in this podcast? <laughs> I thought maybe you are talking about Hangover. But, yeah, I was talking with some, some friends the other day about American Pie and how, like, not only American Pie, but that genre that it, that it, that it stood for. You've got movies like 100 Girls, 40 Days, 40 Nights, like those... Like, I think I know 100 Girls. Oh, okay. It's about a guy who... I mean, I know 100 Girls personally. <laughs> it's about a guy who um, has sex with a girl and when the elevator breaks down, he never sees her face. And so in order to figure out who she is after they get out, he has sex with 100 girls to try and figure out who it is. Anyway. I'm sure there's more to the plot. Like, like, well, Harold and Kumar. Like these, these, well, uh, these Harold films... Harold and Kumar, so it's different. You, you reckon? Yeah, it's a stoner comedy. Sure. Yeah. They had... Hops given a jump in a way though they're they're pretty yeah pretty similar in tone but the yeah the the American Pie like style of film used to be quite prevalent and then it was bootlegged with itself like the American Pie <laughs> pre- presents series essentially as like like we <laughs> um 
we we discovered that there's actually a film called Hole in One, which many oh, falsely was a very close call. <laughs> many falsely accredit to being an American Pie film because we had a, had a list of the films up and Hole in One was listed, and we were like, there there is very rarely a blind spot in Richard and my. Um, pop cultural knowledge of films <laughs> like like we either don't know about a franchise at all or we know everything about that franchise <laughs> or at least all the films in it um and and but it turns out it's just a film called hole in one that stars the guy who played dwight stifler and on the on the front cover of the dvd it says american pie plays golf because it's just a raunchy sex comedy about yeah. golf anyway what i was saying was american pie has that purity about it that we were talking about before and so i was saying like can what can you extrapolate from american pie that's good and retool into a movie you could put out today because there's an argument to be made that maybe um young adult dystopian films kind of filled the void for teen comedies but i would say they are very different because they're never about sex they're they're always very sexless do you know it's interesting one of the like talking about depictions of high school and college as 21 and 22 jump street Mm. are like the kind of for me anyway the best like modern examples of of high school and, yeah, yeah. and and college depictions. Yeah, no, totally. And, of course, Monsters University. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but the, you could also make an argument that, like, if you were say, what's a teen movie in 2018, you could look at something like Edge of 17, but that's a coming-of-age film. And, again, I feel like that's a different a different genre to, to teen Yeah, films. I mean, I think that you... Yeah. A what film I- like American Pie, I don't think would get made today. A, a female version of American Pie, I think, could get made. Mm. I think that's like the um, American Bratwurst. But then there, there are so many films you know that are just American Pie with girls. You know what it'd be called? What? And excuse me for this horrific um, riff I'm about to go on, um, Mum and Dad. But it'd be <laughs> called it'd be called like American Pineapple, and it'd be that same conversation about apple pie feeling like a vagina, but with if you make your boyfriend eat pineapple, his jizz will taste better. Got it. That's what it'd be about. That's totally what it'd be about. That's not my continue the franchise, but that's 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 a good idea. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's not a good idea. Anyway, yeah, maybe maybe you can't make an American Pie these days just because of the culture of the time. Maybe that's a good thing. I just feel like there's got to be something good in there. Like maybe if the the girls in American Pie films were depicted more realistically, like maybe if they they kind of showed off that like them wanting to have sex was their decision and not that they were being written by a man. Like they just feel so unrealistic and, and cardboard, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. There's a discussion I've been wanting to have with you on pod for almost two years now. Here it goes. <laughs> now, can you, for the purposes of the podcast, play devil's advocate and just go along with it? Because you've since pussed out on you so to speak it's not about pussing out it's about <laughs> it's just okay here's no, okay, okay. I'll, I'll let you tell the meat of the story but let me set it up okay so basically wh- no, there's wait, a wait i said wait. i'll let i thought I, the meat of the story was getting to set up the scene. okay no yeah. i won't set up the scene i'll set up the scenario basically there's a line in the first american pie that when i first saw it i misinterpreted it and went on imdb saw someone else had misinterpreted it forgot about it Richard brings it up a hundred years since I've seen the film. And I say, oh, I thought it meant this. Richard's red, like his face goes red. Steam comes out of his ears. And he goes, you thought that's what that meant? No, see, it wasn't. The the discussion wasn't, oh, I thought it meant this. It was, no, it's this. And then 
No, I found one other person that thinks that. So, okay. I had to ask 5,000 people, <laughs> but I finally found someone That's who made the same thing with the me. fucking... <laughs> Asking my parents about the last episode. It's like, AJ, have you asked 5,000 people? There'll be one that agrees no, okay, with you. I've got, a, I've got a point to make about the loss. We'll talk about this at the end. Oh, AJ, okay. You go um, into this part. I don't okay. want to go on too many tangents right now. <laughs> so there's a part in the first American Pie. So as we discussed, there's the Book of Love. Kevin's character's just found the Book of Love and he it teaches him... It has details on how to perform amazing oral sex on your girlfriend. The tongue tornado. The tongue tornado. And so he then goes and tries it on Vicky, who's uh, Tara Reid's character. And so they, Tara Reid and Kevin, are in the bedroom. He's going down on her and it appears to be working. <laughs> and She's like, holy shit! Like covers her mouth with a yeah, pillow. And so we then, then cut to downstairs. Tara Reid's parents are there. And the mum says to the dad, can you go grab Vicky for dinner? And so he get, he walks up to the room and then we can see she's just about to climax. And as he gets to the door, he goes to knock on it and she goes, I'm coming. And he kind of shrugs his shoulders as if to say, oh, and then walks back downstairs. Now, any sane person would read that scene as being that... The dad hears, I'm coming, and then goes, oh, she's coming for dinner. I don't need to knock on the door, and leaves. And we, the audience, wipe our wipe the sweat from our brows and go, boy, that could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, and so with this interpretation, that we have a joke, you know. <laughs> there's a setup. There's a there's setup. A, there's a punchline. There's, there's a prestige. Uh, there's you know, a sense of dramatic irony. Do you think the, there's, the, a, there's a comedic version of the prestige called the punchline? <laughs> it's like, with every joke, you've got three parts. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so, so we, it's essentially a joke in my version, which is like, why would they write a comedy film with this? fucking delusional <laughs> interpretation of this line uh so now aj i'll let you explain what okay. you think it is now let me just say i agree that that's probably what it means <laughs> it is. and that's that is um that is what, I got steam coming out of my ears that wasn't outside of like i did not think of that when i first saw it it's not like that didn't occur to me. But when I first saw the movie, I th- I interpret or I thought maybe what that scene could have meant, and someone on IMDb forums backed me up with this. By also and now, and asking, now the forum doesn't even exist to back it up. I can't prove it. Um, so I thought when she, she when she um, in the throes of passion yells, "I'm coming!" and her dad stops, doesn't open the door, kind of shrugs his shoulders, and walks back downstairs. I thought maybe that means. He's just a real cool dad, and he can hear that his daughter is is currently being um, serviced to, and goes, "Oh, better not walk in there then." Like, aren't I a fucking idiot? <laughs> oh my like, god! Like, isn't Thank that god just you said the, it. the most like insane thing to think that a dad would do that? Oh my god! No, it's not a uh, like. Okay, this is again. This is an argument we've been having for like a year and a half. Uh, now, every day, like <laughs> I come home from work, and Rich is like. He left because she she thought she was coming for dinner. When you say, like, I come home from work, it's as if I'm, like, some fucking housewife. Yeah, yeah, you sit there at, like, you don't sit on the couch, you squat on the couch like Gollum, and you just, and as soon as I walk into the lounge, you go, she he thought she was coming down for dinner. And I go, I gotta go do, do some 
some editing on the podcast and you you throw <laughs> poop at me. <laughs> yeah, as we were watching the film or one of the films, you there was another um, misconception you had that you said was backed up by an IMDb mm. forum. What was it? Um, so uh, Stifler's character refers to Finch's character as shit break because Finch often like Finch can only poop at home so he always runs home to poop but with the American accent it kind of sounds like he's saying shit brick and I remember seeing a forum post that was like is he saying shit break or shit brick I mean that was not as bad that one's not as bad because that's like it sounds like he's saying shit brick and shit brick's kind of vaguely like terminology that I was familiar with yeah like shitting a brick yeah yeah uh okay so i'm glad that that's out for what do you think the listeners do you think that that vicky's dad was just real cool and was like you know what i'm not gonna ruin this moment for her (laughs) and do you know what when we watched it again this time for this podcast when that scene happened richard looked at me staring daggers at me as if to say (laughs) see you fucking idiot and i went i mean i i actually genuinely in my panicked state of you staring daggers at me, I couldn't remember which was the actual interpretation <laughs> it's supposed to be. So that's just my... Like, my my defense, not that I need to defend it, is that your way isn't a joke. It's still a joke. It's like, oh, yeah, the dad, that's pretty funny that the dad would be that on board with that kind of thing happening. It's not a very good joke. Movies are full of not very good jokes. <laughs> That could just be one of them. Uh, if you if you want to, can we get Adam Hertz? Can we get him on the podcast and be like, "What did this scene mean?" Oh my god! That's if you know Adam Hertz, everyone everyone who's listened to this, tweet at Adam Hertz and say, "Please get in contact with the Colt Popshire boys." Hashtag I'm coming. Hashtag Justice for Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is like yeah, you're a genius, man. Thank you. I also interpret movie scenes um, with what some would say vague original ideas. Do you remember a website? Did you ever go on a website called elevenpoints.com? I did. Now, because top top 10 lists were for cowards. So, run by a guy called Sam Greenspan. The website's kind of dead now. He uploads maybe like two lists a year. He once uploaded a list. uh, He uploaded this in 2010. When uh, American Reunion wasn't even on the horizon. Well, I mean, it might have been on some horizon. But it was uh, listing the 11 stars of American Pie by box office box office success post-American Pie. Can you tell me who the, the 11 stars he included were? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go through. So, number one. <laughs> it's like, I'm not just going to leave it there. Um, well, I just or unless were you like doing a back and forth thing. No, I was saying like, well, we could have done that, but I was more meaning like, are there, I didn't realize there were 11 stars and surely there's more than 11. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're right. So <laughs> number one, and like, so I found this interesting, like who, who would you guess number one is? Like who's made the most money? Yeah. So, so it's, um, this is based on domestic for us box office success for their film. So each actor or actress is like, their numerical value is how much money every film that they were in grossed put together. I feel like it's between three of them. Who would you say? I feel like it's either Eugene Levy, Sean William Scott, or Jason Biggs. Interesting. Or um, or um, Heather, who played Heather. Mina Savari. Mina Savari. So, 
it's interesting because because you think of Sean William Scott and you're like he's the biggest star for American Pie, mm-hmm. like like he's the one that people know his name, but at the same time he's not actually in a lot of films. Like when you when Mr. you Mr. Tra- Woodcock, when, but when you try and name Welcome to the Jungle Sean- slash the Rundown. When you try and name Sean William Scott movies, you, you come up with like these kind of the g- the g- starts with G. It's not like a real word. Goon. Goon. Yeah, it's just called Goon. Um, and there's Goon too. So Goon when too. They put on the list. On the list. That's also got Eugene Levy in it. Oh, okay. um, he's in both of them, I think. Um, so yeah, Sean William Scott is actually the highest grossing star post American Pie. So in 2010, he'd made just over one billion dollars, or his films had made just over one billion dollars, helped out a lot by the fact that he's an Ice Age. He's from the second one onwards. He's an Ice Age. Uh, he's one of the the otters, or the, what are they? Yeah, like one of them. Yeah, I think he's an otter. Um, and then second was Jennifer Coolidge. Ah, of course, um, nine hundred seven million. Uh, third, Eugene Levy, nine hundred three million. So that's our top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, fourth, and here's where it gets a little bit interesting. Um, I'm I'm literally shaking in my seat. So fourth is John Cho. Oh, but that doesn't count. He's not one of the 11 stars of American Pie. Well, you know, like number five then. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, John Cho, he's um, he's the the person that gave the world MILF. Yeah. Which is, MILF is a term that was popularized in the first American Pie, describing Stifler's mom. And John Cho, who might recognize as Sulu from uh, the new Star Trek movies. And he's also uh, Harold and Harold and Kuma. Uh, yeah, he made just under 800 million. So, and then number five, Casey Affleck. So it's not. Keep in mind the <laughs> Casey Affleck's not number one. <laughs> that's that's what shocks me. Okay, name name a Casey Affleck film. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. How much do you think that grossed? I don't know. I just thought he billions was, of dollars. He's the only one of them with an Oscar. So I would have thought. Yeah. Okay, so you got Manchester by the Sea. What else? Um, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Um, and small indie hits. Um, American Pie Two. He was in that. Yeah, the, the, so this is not, this is subtracting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm and uh, yeah, he's made just under he'd made just under five hundred million. That's crazy that those other actors. But are- yeah, you, so but you talk. But to be fair, the list is eleven American Pie actors, not stars of American Pie, or the eleven main characters. So uh, number six, Natasha Leone, who's the one from Orange is the New Black, uh, three hundred twenty-four million. Number seven, Shannon Elizabeth, two hundred ninety-three million. Number eight, Mina Savari, 278 million. I think Amer- American Beauty came out just before American Pie. Right. So it's not, that's not included. Uh, number nine, we finally have one of the main four, Jason Biggs, 223 million. Uh, number 10, Chris Klein, Oz, 163. And 11, Eddie K. Thomas, 107. Who's that? Uh, Finch. And then also just. What's Finch done since. I know, right? Finch and Kevin and Oz, actually, all three of them kind of just... Yeah. Well, so, and then uh, after that, you have, as well, Chris Owen, who's the Shermanator, 100 million, Tara Reid, 74 million, Alice Hannigan, 70 million, and Thomas N. Nicholas, who's Kevin. Man. Uh, Wild that, like, Sherman made more money than Tara Reid, because I feel like I know Tara Reid's, like, who she is way more than... Now, I did the meticulous task of updating this list to see if anything changed. Sam, if you're listening, this one's for free, buddy. So, Sam Greenspan. In 2018, who would you guess is the number one highest grossing star of post-American Pie? Oh, I kind of want to say Jason Biggs. Really? You think Jason Biggs went from ninth to first? Maybe. What's he been in? Like those Dane Cook 
that Dane Cook movie. Um, no, Orange is New Black. He was in Orange is New Black. I feel like... How much do you think Orange is New Black grossed at the box office? Oh, please don't treat me like an idiot for <laughs> not knowing box um, office. And also the Dane Cook movie came out before 2010, so that was already uh, Oh, sorry. Can I Can I? So this is, this is just between... So differences that would have occurred between 2010 and 2018. I don't know if any of them have been in anything. Okay, well, I can tell you... Okay, Eugene Levy? Get? He's been in stuff. Eugene Levy is now the number one. So he went from nine hundred three million to one point four five billion. <laughs> He's what? in Finding Dory. Is he? Which made half a billion dollars at the box office. Who is he in Finding Dory? He's Dory's dad. Huh. Even have you even seen it? Have you? I've seen Finding Dory. Oh yeah, yeah no, he's Dory's dad. Same Eugene Levy dying. Seen Keaton. Finding Dory, son of a bitch. Okay. Number two is Sean William Scott, 1.449. So, like, only... So, this isn't how much these actors themselves have made. No. This is the movies they've been Yeah, in. so it's, like, how much of a box office star they can be, right. kind of thing. Uh, and then number three is John Cho. Number four is Jennifer Coolidge. And then the rest of them are actually the same position. Uh, it's funny. So, Chris Klein... Between 2010 and 2018, made zero dollars at the box office. Oh my god! Uh, but and but Eddie K. Thomas's thirty-five million wasn't enough to bring him up from tenth place, and that's like I think just um, Harold and Kumar's um, Christmas. Is he in that? Yeah, he's in all the Harold and Kumar films. Okay. So yeah, Jong Cho, Eddie K. Thomas, and Neil Patrick Harris are in like four films together because yeah. Neil Patrick Harris is in American Reunion. Very briefly. <laughs> If yeah. you're a Neil Patrick Harris fan, don't go rushing for American Reunion. Yeah. And so, um, Alison Hannigan's another weird one as well. She made oh, $1,926 so, between- So, box office obviously isn't including television. Then. No. no. That, well, that changes quite Yeah, so, so obviously Alison Hannigan is probably the one that's kept in the public eye the most mm. because she's Lily on How Your Mother, or she was. She was also in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, exactly. So, um, But that wasn't since 2010. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even beforehand kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and like Sean William Scott, uh, yeah, he's he's had three Ice Age films since 2010. So he's, yeah, was able to stay. I think it's him and Justin Long play the, they're possums. That's what they are. Oh, yeah. They're possums. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so that's that's interesting. It is interesting. I thought that might be a little fun thing. No, that's it. cool. That, that's interesting to look at, like, yeah, yeah, the, the afterlife of America. Because, Pie. like... Fuck it, like Kevin's a nothing. I well, I don't even know who Chris Klein is. Like, yeah, I I couldn't name a single other. I mean, I I looked at them the other day. I couldn't name a single other film that Oz or Kevin are in. Yeah, they didn't forget how to act. If anything, they got better by yeah, which is which is really interesting. And, and, and yeah, I was actually I'm glad you brought that up because the American Reunion does such a good job of like bringing these characters back and letting them have the same voice kind of thing. Mm. And because it's so often a problem with these distant sequels that you see the actors just don't know how to play them or they don't care. Even even Blade Runner 2049, the best distant sequel ever made. Um, uh, Harrison Ford. Potter? Yeah. Harrison Ford isn't really playing Deckard. He's playing. Yeah. So that's the character's name, right? Yeah. Someone said it was Eckhart the other day, and I had a panic attack. And you were like, um, that's not what INDP Forum says. Yeah. I'd say American Reunion is probably the second best distance sequel ever made. What about, like, Star Wars? Or... What do they count? I feel like Star Wars transcends the idea of a distant sequel, maybe. 
Yeah, I, I guess a Star Wars I'd call a reboot. Well, it's not, but it took two attempts to do a, a, like a well-received distance. Yeah, but, well, but I'd say that um, Star Wars is like, look at these new characters, watch them go. Yeah, yeah. Same with like, right, Cre- so like does- Creed kind of thing as well, whereas like American Reunion and 2049 are like... The next Do you ever thought you'd mention those two <laughs> franchises in the same sentence? Yeah, they're, they're like, this is the next chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. Um, no, absolutely. And I, I yeah, I, I really appreciated that. Like, because American Reunion is, it's true to its characters. You're right. That's the- Which is insane. Like, it's not written by the, the original guy. You'd think that no one else could do it. but And that's one of the reasons I defend Clerks 2 as a sequel, because it's like, yeah, it didn't need to be made, and yeah, it's a completely different story with the same characters, but it does show where those characters would be at this time in their lives. Yeah. Can we just talk about one of the best bits of American Reunion as well? Okay. <laughs> when, ah, oh, it's going to take ages to set up. And so there's like, they've just told Stifler, like, because Stifler's, he can't, they have the moment of like, grow up. Yeah. Get like, get a life. You, you actually just need to leave everyone alone. You're a dick and you need to grow up. And then Stifler, like, goes back to his temp job and he's working late on it's, it's the night of the reunion and all the guys are like wait where's Stifler and they're like oh and they go go to his office and say hey you know what you are a dick but you're our dick kind of thing mm-hmm. and then um it's we've been shown as well that Stifler's life isn't isn't really up to much and so at the reunion there's like Heather and Oz are like having a moment and then Dr. Ron or Dron comes up and says like, oh, like, you know, get away from my girl and like antagonizes Oz and all this stuff because they were, they were kissing. And then he sort of shoves him. He's like, what are you going to do? Hit me? Because if you do, I'm going to sue you for well, you. He, he specifies this isn't high school. We're not teenagers anymore. Yeah. You lay a, which is very important. Yeah. 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 He's like, yeah. If you lay a finger on me, I'm going to sue you for your worth. And then just boom, this fist comes from the side of the screen dr ron gets knocked to the ground and stiff is like i ain't worth jack shit drawn <laughs> and yeah. then he like puts his hand on oz's shoulder he's like i'm your dick <laughs> it is cool though i do feel like drawn wasn't painted as enough of a asshole for, yeah, for me but- to like not feel bad that he kind of lost his girlfriend i don't know he wasn't he was fine he was just kind of creepy yeah but like the <laughs> the like the whole I'll see you for your worth. And then the character who's worth nothing. Yeah, yeah. Being like, well, fuck, okay, do me then. Drawn. Drawn. You know what the biggest, the big, okay. If you, if for those of you playing at home, here's the articulation of a lifetime. The, <laughs> the difference between the American Pie actual series and American Pie Presents spinoff series is that American Pie feel like um, almost a parody of teenage like the world through teenagers eyes like these things are you get things like jim fucking a pie like the titular moment of the series jim has sex with a pie because the the kind of idea of of the first american pie film is essentially teenage boys will stick their dick in anything even a pie and that's true especially like like that's 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 yeah that's basically true um whereas the american pie presents series are kind of like they take it as if it is truth they take it as if the way that teenage boys see the world is the way the world is and that's the biggest difference so stick that in your pipe stick that in your pie 
and eat it and fuck it. <laughs> Stick that in your pie and tell your mother you ate it all. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's a, that was the articulation of a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, do you want to talk about titles? Let's talk about titles. Yeah, so this um, you've, t- you've spoken in the past about... Uh, in fact, we, we talked about it the other day. We talk off, about off pod, titles a lot on, on pod, this podcast. podcast. But that you've talked about abandoning numbers. And you said that you you like the titles for Mission Impossible because they it's Mission Impossible 1, 2, 3, and then Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and now Fallout. And not only, like, so they abandoned the numbers and then they left the numbers in the past. And, and they... And also the the names they come up with for the other ones are, are just cool names. Yep. And to um, another good example would be the Adams Family films, the Adams Family, the Adams Family Values, the Adams Family Vacation. Cool idea. Yeah. Um, and to to show the opposite of what I'm talking about here, which if you don't care about what a t- titling a movie is, like I don't know, I can't I can't relate to you then because to me it's super important. But so to to show you the on the opposite end, something like Friday the Thirteenth went like. Part four, then part five was called something else, and then it was yeah. Part four was the final chapter. Then part five was a part new five. beginning. Part six was Jason lives. But they call them. They bring bring the numbers back in. Right, they yeah. leave the numbers and do final chapter. Then bring the Actually, numbers no, back no, in. Um, do you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street's worse because that goes Freddy's dead, and then right, yeah, that or or Jurassic Park Lost World Jurassic Park three. That's the worst one, yeah. Yeah, or... Because um, there's no Jurassic Park 2. Or Final Destination oh. 1, 2, 3, The Final Destination, Final Destination 5. Yeah, that, like, that might be the worst one, that's, that's just annoying. I mean, Fast and Furious have different titles all over the yeah, world. Yeah, Fast but, and Furious, it's, all, it's a joke at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so what do you think of American Pie then? I really like American Pie. So, for those who don't remember, it goes American Pie, American Pie 2, American Pie... Uh, no, sorry, American Wedding. Then, if you don't include the spin-offs, it goes American Reunion. So, if you were looking at the series as its pure theatrical releases, American Pie, American Pie Two, American Wedding, American Reunion. That's yeah. cool. So, I mean, like, and in some centers and stuff, they are called American Pie Wedding, American Pie Reunion. I don't count them. Uh, so, <laughs> if you had to retitle American to- Pie Two to fit into the thing, what would you call? It? I've thought about this, and I was thinking that the immediate one that comes to mind would be American Summer, because yeah. it's based on the summer. That's already a film, isn't it? But Wet Hot American Summer yeah. is already a film and a, and a franchise. Um, well, so, got, yeah. so the other idea I thought of for American Pie 2, and help me out here, I thought maybe like American Glue, because in similar... Yeah, that, he, yeah it's about what, what Jim puts his dick in, because in American Pie 2, he, he gets glued wedding, to his hand. He puts his dick in the wedding. Yeah, yeah, he puts his dick in the wedding. So, I don't know. Like, what do you think? Do you have any ideas for that? Uh, I would have said, I, yeah, like American Lighthouse. Right, sure, sure, yeah. hmm. um, And then to bring the, the spinoffs into it, they're all American Pie Presents, then the name of the film. It's almost like, it's almost like Cloverfield. And that they're just trying to like ship other teen movies using the American Pie brand, and that's fine. I don't really have a problem with that. It's just because they're American Pie presents, blah mm. blah, blah blah, and not American Pie Bank four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to discuss quickly is: so we meet five Stiflers. You've got Stephen, Matt, Eric, Dwight, and Scott. Yeah. Rank them for me, and and give give me a little blurb about each. Oh, other. okay. As as how they acted or how they are as people. Uh, just just as a whole package. Like, okay, so in terms of like 
screen charisma, you'd go, obviously, Steve first. That's yeah. Sean William Scott's one. Then you'd go Dwight. Then uh, Scott is basically just a backdoor Steve. He's not very interesting. And at least Eric, while acted poorly, is like a different character. Yeah. In terms of who I'd want to hang what out with. Matt? Huh? Matt. Matt, sorry. No, Eric. Eric. Yeah, no, no, no. I see what about Matt. Yeah, oh, Matt, Matt. Matt, right. Matt, um, I don't know. Matt's, Matt is like someone who uh, exhibits the ability to change, and so that's kind of intriguing. Yeah, I think in terms of screen presence, Matt is just a very good Sean William Scott impression. Mm, sort of like how the dude from Dumb and Dumber yeah. was a really good Jim Carrey. Um, but in terms of who I'd want to hang out with, I'd probably want to hang out with Eric. Yeah. Because he's the only one who's not like an insufferable asshole straight up. Uh, yeah, I would say... I reckon I I real like Dwight. Dwight's the, the Dwight's uh, the best budget one. No, I don't know. Matt was pretty good. It, I almost would want to hang out with Dwight more than anyone. Dwight's the one that, out of out of all of them, including Stephen, he's the one where I'm like, I can see why people are friends with you because he's not actually that mean. He's not. You're right. He's just like, a partier. Yeah, he, he's he's just a party guy. Like Stephen is mean to his friends, and there's a few moments like. It's, and, and this is one of those things that, that a lot of the American Pie um, copycats get wrong is that they don't make Steven likable other than just being cool. So they don't make their Stifler character cool, um, like likable. We're, we're, there are genuine moments of caring. And with like, Steve, you're okay. Yeah, with Steve, especially, like, especially come American Wedding. Mm. Like he, he, sac- he really wants their wedding to go. I mean, partially it's to bang... Um, michelle's sister but you do get the sense that he genuinely feels bad when things go wrong for jim and michelle and when it's his fault and stuff like that whereas dwight never does anything i mean apart from people who are established as as his enemies he never does anything he never screws over eric or any of his friends in any kind of way and yeah like he he seems like the one he would you know if that's what you're after if you go to college he's like i can get you laid and he won't get anything out of it he's just like happy to help people out kind of thing and so that's why despite appearing in the naked mile and bad house i would say dwight is almost the best stifler yeah and that's just down to probably acting ability yeah whereas characterization he's probably better than yeah, steve so i would go yeah dwight and and steve are pretty are interchangeable kind of thing they're, they're good for different reasons in a way but then i'd go matt um, because it's just, you know, it's, it's budget Sean William Scott. And then I'd go Eric as much as I hate him. And then Scott is like one of the worst characters in yeah. any film. I feel... And, and, and one of the worst films I've ever seen. I feel bad for putting Eric high up because I just remembered how eager he was to cheat on his girlfriend even though he got her permission. And that yeah. knocks him down a few pegs in, in my opinion. So with this Stifler conversation, mm-hmm. we're going to lead into continue the franchise. Okay. So... <laughs> I have a couple of continue the franchises. As do I. And a way I could actually uh, do these is one is pitch a, a, a fifth spinoff and then pitch a fifth theatrical release. Mm-hmm. For my spinoff, I don't know what it's called, but bring back Eric Stifler and just let him play the fucking psychopath that he clearly is <laughs> like american psycho yeah <laughs> this man like this actor if you're listening you're a horrendous actor give up <laughs> um he is 
incapable of showing any emotion, especially in his eyes. Like he has these horrifying serial killer eyes. There's this, there's one of the first shots we see of him when he's getting ready to jack it. And, you know, moments before his first murder of his grandmother, the, the neighbor knocks on the window and says, Hey, you seen the lawnmower around? And he's like, no. And then, and then he's like, all right, we'll get back to what you're doing. And he just stares at him. He just, Eric just stares at the neighbor. And I think, I don't know. I think we watched, we watched that bit twice for some reason. Um, but I was like, I have no idea what emotion he's trying to show. Is he confused? It Is was, he like, get off my lawn? It was like a, <laughs> now it's back to business. It, they did not read on screen in the slightest. It like, we should actually post a screenshot of it to, right. to, to like get what I'm talking about. But it is like uncanny how it, like there's just no, there's nothing behind the eyes. Mm. It's terrifying. Mm. So that's American Psycho. My like just just you know American Pie presents Eric's a fucking psychopath. Mm. He, he's at least a sociopath. Mm. I don't know if he's a psychopath, but incapable of you know empathizing with people's emotions mm. because he's like oh my girlfriend doesn't want to have sex better go fuck everyone on the naked mile <laughs> um yeah eric infuriates me scott is even worse though somehow scott actually yeah that, that that was the thing i had put scott and eric together they're a fucking murdering duo but they can't relate to each other it's like and a then at the orange. end they don't learn anything because they're both fucking horrendous characters so like for i, I don't know how much we went into i can't remember how much we went into earlier but scott is in book of love for like uh, maybe a minute Oh, he's in it more than that. Well, okay, maybe like two minutes. But he he doesn't serve like any purpose. He's not like a main character at all. He just kind of stands there in a lot of scenes and then he gets raped by a moose at the end. Mm. And it's hilarious mm. in quotation marks. Uh, yeah, The Book of Love, generally one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And I've watched a lot of shitty I've movies. I've seen it podcast. twice. I've seen The Book of Love I, twice. I've seen parts. I used to have... I used to have the Naked Mile Beta House and Book of Love on my iPod Classic. <laughs> and I think Book of Love, I'd like watched a couple of scenes. Like mm-hmm. it was the kind of thing I'd like scroll through and be like, oh, there's a boob. And then watch it for like 10 minutes. Tick. <laughs> um, but, but whereas like um, Naked Mile and Beta House, I actually like enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, like, I remember, I remember the first time I saw Naked Mile. And it was like a sleepover with the lads. And it was like one of those like perfect times to watch. Yeah, the only time to watch an American Pie Presents film. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Anyway, my continuing franchise for the saga film, the saga films, um, the American Pie saga. Is that what we're going to call this episode? It'll be series. Series. Uh, It's for the saga films. Anyway, Uh, I don't, I don't know the exact way to do it. And, but I reckon, and it's actually now that I think about it, it's the same of my continue the franchise for the Hangover, but do American Funeral, mm. and so like the obvious character to kill off would be Jim's dad. No, but obviously we're not. It doing has to that. be Stifler's mum. Could be like, Stifler's mum. We can kill off Stifler's mum. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like who's a character that would bring them all back together, but not we wouldn't feel like, like there's missing. no Doug from the hangover. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was know. like, cause we could get rid of like Oz or Kevin 
That's or, just kind of sad. That, yeah, they, yeah, again, that's just kind of sad. Like, if it was, like, the Shermanator, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one liked him. So, it'd be, like... Uh, it'd be... It would depend on how he died and things like that. Like, I'm sure the writers smarter than me can figure out a character death that... Actually, n- n- Jess. Yeah. Because... And, and, like, that could highlight her... Like, she's only has a cameo, so I don't know if she's too busy with Orange and the New Black or she, like, didn't want to be in it, but... Or the writers just couldn't think of a way to to put her in, but like I reckon, go back and highlight her importance in the first two films. She's not in the third one. Go and highlight her in first her importance in the first two films because she's a huge part of those films, and she's actually a really good character. And I think if you, you know, it's sad that you have to kill her off, but to make the audience realize this, but and then everyone comes back together and be like, you know what? Actually, Jess had a huge impact on our lives, and it brings them all back to the hometown. And do you think, we see them again. Do you think? Here's an interesting theory. This is, we'll get back to continue the franchise in a second. But do you think, you know how um, Finch's love interest in American Reunion is this like random character we've never seen in any other movies, but it, they retcon and say that she went to high school with them? Yeah. Do you think that was maybe supposed to be Jess, but she was too busy with Orange is the New Black? That would make sense. She's kind of filling her role because she's friends with Michelle, which you could contrive from the story. Yeah, no. Well, Jess was friends with Vicky. Vicky, yeah. But, I mean, you know, maybe they were friends as well eventually. Who knows? But anyway, cool. Uh, And sorry, I forgot to mention this at the start, but Tara Reid has said there are actually plans for a fifth film, potentially set in Las Vegas. Mm, In Las Vegas? Yeah. I don't like that. Um, Because they're all set in the same town. Anyway, even the spin-offs. Anyway, okay, I've got a couple continuing the franchise as well. As I mentioned before, American Pineapple, whatever you'd want to call it. Like, the female... When you said American Pineapple, I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, American Pineapple having sex with a pie. I was like, fuck, it's shoving a pineapple up there. Um, American Pineapple would be um, just a female reboot. I think that's a good way to negate a lot of the sexism in the original movies by talent doing the same kind of story from a female perspective. Um, I mean, it's a good opportunity to. They might just screw it up as well. But <laughs> Then I thought you could do a prequel, an American Pie prequel, that sees Jim's dad as the main character when he was in high school. Because there is something to be said for like a... a um, period piece. Yeah, period piece, an American Pie set in the, what, it'd be the 70s. Um, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but the idea that I want to present to you today, and I've presented this a couple times with a couple different franchises... American uh, Pie in Space. No, no. Um, no, a, t- a sitcom or a TV show called American Pies. Um, and I just think that you could take the the general idea of American Pie as a film and, and transpose that into a, into a TV show, like with new characters, essentially do what they tried to do with the spinoffs, but not stretching the budget out to a whole movie, you know, putting, putting it in smaller chunks. Um, and I, part of me wants to set it, in the 2000s just for fun part of me wants to like yeah because it's it's we're we're starting to a little bit now but see the 2000s as like a period yeah yeah i don't know like what i just i think they'll think i actually think if you took all the plots of the american pie spin-offs and you could that could be a season of a tv show like the the central ideas except for maybe naked mile of all of the american pie spin-offs aren't bad on paper you know, they're they're whatever. They didn't do them well. Like especially Bandcamp and Book of Love are both both pretty interesting and good ideas. I think. Um, well, not good, but fine. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd I'd be keen to see that and something that that has the same love and care that the first film had put into a TV show format. I don't know. Maybe maybe you've got the same setup that they're trying to lose their virginity. Maybe it's not a um, 
maybe it's not an overarching plot. Maybe it's like a, um, a you know, a bottle, you know, an, an episodic show. Um, but I reckon the world world would respond it's like to that. A Monster of the Week show, but yeah, with sex. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, no, we haven't really had. It's I can't a think sex of, procedural. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of a of a of a teen TV show except maybe like Skins. Maybe that'd be a good benchmark. I don't know, but an American American well, they Pie. Do, they did do it, American Skins. And it's called yeah, true. Call it American Pies. I don't know why, because maybe there's more than one, <laughs> more than one episode. So it's American Pies. Yeah. All right. Interesting. It is interesting, Richard. Uh, right. All right, it's time for franchise roulette. AJ, do you want to explain what that is? Well, I sure. Get- so this is this is where we select the franchise we're going to do next week, and the way we do that next fortnight. Sorry, and the way we do that is that we have a bunch of franchises on a list that we wrote down personally. So there's no particular order to them; uh, they're just randomly written down. And we've got a random number generator, and that's going to give us a random number. And that random number is going to correlate to something on the list, and whatever that franchise is on the list is the one we're going to do next 193 193 is which franchise please richard <laughs> it's revenge of the nerds no way yeah. are you serious are you serious how many are there uh there's four of them how often this happens this is the second time on this podcast Richard, this is there, there's some <laughs> quantum like miracles, like there's divine intervention at work here. Because this happened when we when we did Nymphomaniac <laughs> and talked about Tarantino. And, about Tarantino. and now we've bitched about how dated and horrible Revenge of the Nerds is. We watched American Splendor today, which has explicit like dialogue about Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> in it. What a fucking oh I cannot handle that. That is just so crazy. Ain't that just the darndest thing? It is the darndest thing. Man, man, this is a really... Can you... Like, God loves this podcast. And he goes... You well, know, it's like when we were like, um, let's do we're not, um, the Godzilla thing. Yeah. And we, we got Godzilla, but then we're like, oh, we've got something planned next time. So we'll do Godzilla after that, but let's roll for another franchise. And we got a different Godzilla era. <laughs> Like God, God looked at the series of this franchise of this podcast and went, "All right, let's let's go back in time to the Hangover, the most recent but still dated type of comedy. Now let's go back another era to, <laughs> to American Pie, which is which are pretty dated. Now let's go back even further to Revenge of the Nerds. This is so cohesive for a podcast which randomly selects its its topics. It's We're actually- doing a deep dive on like on like uh, uh, like comedy and through the ages, man. Yeah, like because we got. 2010s comedy and then early 2000s late 90s and then we got mid 80s comedy i cannot believe this has happened <laughs> i cannot believe this has happened so um, like it's almost it's almost annoying because i want this podcast to be randomized but we're just doing like in-depth studies of comedy now goodness gracious me this season three is off to a very interesting <laughs> start um so, yeah, we're going to be watching Revenge of the Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, and then the two TV films, Revenge of the Nerds 3, The Next Generation, Oof, that sounds fun, and Revenge of the Nerds 4, Nerds in Love. Oh. Good titles. We're talking about titles. <laughs> um, okay, well, before we head away um, and watch Revenge of the Nerds, um, and you can stop listening 
if you want to this podcast. No, don't. Before you do, I will say, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you can find us on SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, iTunes, as I said, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. These are all the places you can reach and talk to us. And please do reach out and talk to us. We want to know what you guys think. I've been looking at our SoundCloud stats, and I'm not going to name names, but there are a few <laughs> a few different listeners that have listened to quite a lot, and I've never we've never been in contact. So if you're listening to this one, please get in contact with us. That, that'd be really. I would love to know your thoughts on this podcast, on the franchise, on what we're doing, and some of those thoughts will definitely be read out on this podcast the following week or the following episode or two episodes um i'm gonna read out some now so on our lilo and stitch yeah, so if, if you've never commented before we read them out and yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> we respond to them so you know feel free to get engaged um lilo and stitch was the last time we did this so we have a comment on lilo and stitch and that's from um a good friend of mine named simon liddy and I think he's only commenting because he wants me to read it out, but it, that's fine. He says, Mint Ep, guys, really enjoyed it. I think you should def do more fireworks while having your mad scushies. That was, of course, referencing the... Um, the, the phrase mad scushies, which you use a lot. Yeah, and the 101 demotions. Um, and he said, also, you didn't talk about Lani's thickness. Alex sounded really pumped up up about it. So I, that's my real name is Alex. <laughs> this is like, I guess I told him I thought Lani was thick. And it's has that na- come and it's up on Nani. the podcast that your name's Alex? Yeah, it has. It must have. Um, P.S. Do the Spy Kids series because you can bet they are all crap. Simon, the first three Spy Kids are good. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, then on the Daddy's Home and Bad Mums episode, um, this is going to be a bit of a discussion here because our, our good good friend of the podcast, Brent um, from Texas, <laughs> take a shot or drink or whatever it is, um, <laughs> he, he wrote, love having the parents on this episode because we had your parents on that episode. Um, then he asked about the audio being really strange because there was lots of reverb. Yes, I, I'm, I suck at managing audio. We're getting better. Hopefully this one sounds fine. He said, I haven't watched any of the movies for this episode, but I can offer the following. The parent-child dynamic between Ben Stiller, Dustin Hoffman, and Barbara Streisand and Meet the Fockers is my favourite such relationship displayed on the silver screen. This isn't really relevant, Brent. You can edit this out before publishing. Just don't leave it in the parenthetical and make it look like there's a footnote or you forgot to delete. <laughs> he, he wrote all that. He also clarified if anyone if anyone remembers this this conversation from this episode. Julian Assange is the WikiLeaks guy. Edward <laughs> Snowden is the NSA wiretapping guy, and Bradley Manning is now Chelsea Manning. <laughs> um, and then he referred to the lost episode, which, if you haven't listened, is a episode we never released where I foolishly um, watched all the Home Alone movies when I like told some kind of idiot when I told Richard I was going to do the Die Hard. We did the Die Hard movies, and we started the podcast, and I was like, "I actually watched a different franchise," and he was so angry, and I was so cowardly that it just wasn't entertaining to listen to. So you can't hear that anyway. Anyway, this is what he <laughs> this is what he had to say on the subject because we kind of put it out to the audience who was right quote unquote he said you can you cannot release the die alone episode you're burgeoning in the burgeoning days of this podcast and like the bitcoin years down the road you can sell that podcast for 15,000 mutton or hobbit feet or whatever it is your kiwis use as currency I've never been stereotyped before it feels kind of offensive but like <laughs> now I know what it feels like he said also 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 regarding who is right if it were me I would pick the podcast on a fr- I would pick the podcast on a franchise that I'd already seen and could do with my eyes closed like Back to the Future. Then drop the punchline and make Richard go through a few painful minutes of it before explaining that the joke was a joke and we could still do the podcast he wanted to do. Okay, let's not dwell on this. However, I did want to say something. <laughs> I did want to dwell on it briefly. Um, okay, the conversation is not who was right. 
You just said the. No, smiles. but it's not. That's not what I'm. Because you're obviously here. wrong. I'm obviously wrong. I'm well. No, I'm not wrong. The I'm obviously in the wrong because whenever a prank is committed, if someone puts a water bucket on top of a door and someone opens the door and the water falls on them, the guy who put the water bucket there is in the wrong. If you're looking at it on that spectrum, okay? Of course he is. He's not going to claim he was right to do that. And my de- the, the the AJ defense for the lost episode is not was AJ wrong. The AJ defense is was what AJ did actually that bad that's the defense that's the thing that's what should be the discussion so brent i want you to comment on that was what i did that bad of a thing because i talked to another um uh, part of the cop culture family josh monson about it the other day and he said you know the thing that just gets me is that your friendship nearly broke up over a movie and i was like the, there it is to, so to josh monson who's will love that i've said his name <laughs> To him, it was like, I just didn't do something that was that bad. Anyway. Well. Let's move on. (laughs) Anyway. Tim Tim Tarbor commented on the... the, um, the Christmas episode oh he's talking about the lost episode again great Uh, (laughs) he said if you were going to pair a franchise with Home Alone it should have been Saw I get that yeah that's good yeah I mean the argument can be made for Saw or Die Hard true they're both like they're the same movie Mm. Uh, Michael Griffin commented and said favourite episode of the year your parents should have a podcast Richard (laughs) my parents are very pleased with that comment Um, and Tyler Braley said good call getting Maureen and Wayne on board Justin and Jillian, fuck off. Yeah. Um, oh god, I hope they're not listening. <laughs> like the the one episode they listen to is the American Pie one. Oh. Yeah, where, where the phrase "sexy boobies" is used. Yeah, yeah. like my parents probably will listen to it. <laughs> the Hangover on the Hangover episode, um, Brent wrote the following he said i am the chosen one because he's the our only fan who's actually in the, drink, <laughs> the drinking the, rules game. Yeah, no, and, yeah, the drinking game. You rules. were like, Brent. This is, man, we do this podcast, man. It's all for you. <laughs> so he's like, I'm the chosen one. Then he's also said, brilliant as always. I had a comment all typed up, but the video auto-nexted to something about Kamel Hassan and I lost it. The only two things I can remember from it are this. One, compare the Hangover series with Lethal Weapon. Is Mr. Chow Joe Pesci? Yes. I was like, when I read that comment, I was like, ah. Oh, I wish I'd come up with that. Extrapolating that further... Mr. Chow and Joe Pesci are a character archetype that you could probably find in a lot of movies. This is, I'm not saying that I'm not saying your point is a valid. I'm saying that's that's a really interesting archetype to look into. It's like a cross between comic relief and bad guy almost. Yeah, it's like the well, no, because well, Joe, Joe, Joe Pesci's never, never guy, the bad guy. Yeah. Um, it's that um, I don't know, it's just that irritating side character, like failed comic relief. Um, he also said Bradley Cooper was decidedly not a serious actor until after these movies because we talked about how Bradley Cooper was the only non-comedy yeah, actor. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I was thinking that. Was he said, before The Hangover, I first saw him as the douchebag fiancé in Wedding Crashes and as Ben in When Hot American Summer. Good Lord, this whole thing just comes back around. Oh my God, you just <laughs> let this massive thing dribble out of your mouth. Don't tell I'm them I'm sorry to ruin the illusion, but it was um, funny. Both and both in comedic roles, I think he made made the jump to serious acting with Silver Linings Playbook. Fair enough. Um, he said, "My only regret is that I normally listen while I'm at work." Is that I have bonitis? Huh? <laughs> My only regret is that I have bonitis. <laughs> Just a um, drama reference. Uh, is, is that I normally listen while I'm at work, so I can not enjoy the game you've come up with. Cheers. Cheers, Brent. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> 
Michael Griffin said, I'm glad Richard pulled the curtain closed. It really improved the audio. <laughs> um, Tyler Braley said, holy shit, I love the violent threats directed at each other towards the end. I do too, Tyler. This is my favourite part of the episode. And then Carl Popshaw replied. Right, what you, would you say? I said, fuck you, Tyler, you piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, and Christy Blackmore, um, another uh, soon-to-be member of the Cop Hopsha family, potentially, and also friend of the podcast. And Didn't she in, say no? In real life. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I can't wait to listen to this. And then she said, I'm one minute in and it's already a best episode. Thank you, Christy. Anyway, that's the episode for this week. This, this, this went way longer than I thought it would. Yeah, man, we're on. We're around two hours. <laughs> two hours. Now. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get any trivia. <gasps> that's it. That's all you didn't get. Like, <laughs> anyway, uh, tune in next week for us continuing on the Cop Pop to Oscar season, and then uh, Revenge of the Nerds after that, and what will complete, hopefully, complete a trilogy of us examining comedy through the ages unless we get like the Porky's series after oh my gosh if we get the Porky's series after Revenge of the Nerds strike me dead like that isn't gonna be insane wait when did Porky's come out um 81 oh fuck never mind um <laughs> it doesn't doesn't relate at all what's a although it's it's about the escapades of teenagers in 1954 <laughs> <laughs> oh man alright oh there's a huh the Porky's films are Porky's 2 the next day Porky's Revenge and Porky's Pimp and Peewee I think the, I've never heard of Porky's Pimp and Peewee yeah it's a 2009 remake of the first one ah uh, yes 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 I've seen the first Porky's it's not very good anyway that's the American Pie episode thank you very much for listening everybody um we're gonna play you and out and a special thank you to Brent Taylor we're gonna play you out to old this bed is on fire, fire. You know, like that song is like so synonymous with American Pie, but it only appears. It's only it's used in, in three Bandcamp and um, reunion, and it's in um, Book of Love as well, like a different version of it. But like it's like synonymous with the movies, and it's in for, until American Reunion. It was only in the worst good one, and then, then yeah. Well, to be fair, it's in half of the originals of like the the original. Like the, the saga films, if you will. Sure, but then if you, you, you know. Alright, I'm gonna start recording. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 